All right, welcome to this week's Come Follow Me episode. It is the March 27th through April 2nd, right before the Easter holiday, and we are going to cover Matthew 14, Mark 6, and John 5 through 6. And before I throw it over to you, Cassie, I'll just give a brief summary of what goes on in these chapters. There's a few things. Uh, Jesus sends the 12 out uh, on missions. They go out two by two. Uh, John the Baptist is beheaded by Herod, and we have the story there. The Lord um, preaches to and and feeds the 5,000, and then he sends out his apostles onto the boat to cross the the lake and uh, goes out to meet them and walks on water, and there's a lot of other healing and miracles that go on, and and there's a lot to talk about, so I'll toss it over to you, Cass, and we can get started. Yeah, I actually think, Will, you should go ahead and start... um in mark six forty eight. mark six forty eight. all right i'll read it for us and we can pick up from there mark six forty eight. um so this is talking about peter and about the story of, of christ going out to the apostles as they're rowing on the boats and uh they're, they're rowing on, on the boat and the, and the winds and tempests are are, are blowing um and a little bit of context for this and there's great context if you watch season three of the chosen uh, but the context is that Jesus had just preached to the 5,000 and then fed them. It's been a long couple days of teaching them. Uh, he just found out that his cousin, John the Baptist, was beheaded. And the apostles are trying to cross the lake to get back to Capernaum. And uh, they have about an eight-mile row of the boats, and they're trying to do it over the course of, of the night. Um, and what we what happens is, is Mark 6, verse 48 And it says, and he saw them toiling in rowing for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them walking upon the sea and would have passed by them. And what I love about this, and I'm sure Cassie will pick up on where I leave off is about the fourth watch of the night. So the apostles, uh, we don't know when they, when they, you know, set off, uh, but the fourth watch of the night is between 3am and 6am. So the, the first watch is, is 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Um, and then the second watch is 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. The third watch is 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. And the fourth watch is 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. So if, if we presume that they started sometime in the first watch, their their trip across the across the lake, that means they've been rowing for something like eight, nine hours, maybe, um, which is really intriguing, I think. And, and I'm interested to hear your perspective, Cassie, about you know, why Christ waited so long to come to their aid, to, to walk on water and, and to calm the seas. Yeah. I mean, I think it's to teach a lesson. Uh, I think it usually is. Yeah. I think that often when we seek um, the Lord's assistance um, and not even always when we seek it, I think asking for help in itself is a humbling act. And that's a, a reason why it's so important that we, um, and the gospel is so focused on like asking for things, like asking you shall receive. But even in situations where you don't necessarily ask for, but you still receive the Lord's assistance, um, I think you don't always first receive it when you expect to, or when you necessarily want to, and often you don't receive it in the way that you want to either. Um, but I think I really love this fourth watch idea because really the Lord's mercies and miracles, they come in his way and on his timetable. Um, 
And so in this situation, it didn't come till near dawn. They'd been doing this all night, but he did come. And I think that's the point. He will come. Maybe just not when we had, when he, when we ideally wanted him to. No, that's, that's a great point. And, you know, there's a, there's an interesting list that I have here of, of things that happened during the fourth watch in the Bible. Um, there's Jacob wrestled with God and met him face to face. Moses led the Israelites across the Red Sea. Uh, Gideon defeated the Midianites in the fourth watch. Peter and Jesus, this story, right? They walk on water. Um, the angels appear to the shepherds in the field to announce the birth of the Savior in the fourth watch. Jesus is resurrected from the dead in the fourth watch. The bridegroom woes his bride um, or in the fourth watch, right? So that's a great point that, you know, we don't know the timing of some of the events of our life. And, and I think it's, it's really interesting how quickly things can, can change. Um, but the lesson here is, is, is about waiting on the Lord. And I'm sure that there's a great talk by Elder Holland about waiting on the Lord. And part of waiting on the Lord is recognizing that we don't know at what watch, you know, Christ is going to come and Christ is going to perform a miracle. Uh, Cassie, are you fine moving on to the actual walking on water? Yeah, I just actually wanted to add one thing. So what I think is really interesting, and obviously these scriptures have been translated into English and before that Greek and before that probably Hebrew. So there's a lot of translations here, but I think the actual sentence- Aramaic too. Yeah, I think the actual sentence structure of verse 48 is super interesting um, because it says, and he saw them toiling in rowing, semicolon, for the wind was contrary unto them, colon, and about the fourth watch of night, he cometh unto them, comma. So I don't think if you take a semicolon and a colon, how you think about it in English, that's a pause. So I don't think it's that Christ awoke on the fourth watch of the night. And that's when he noticed them. I think he saw them the whole time toiling. The whole time he sees us and he sees our trials. But when he chooses to appear, and he will appear, but when he chooses to appear is significant. And that's why I think the fourth watch here thing is so important. It's a great insight from a liberal liberal arts major. I don't know what we'd do without the uh... Social science. Without without your field of study, we'd be we'd be in a bad state. Is my point, I guess. Um, Okay, let's jump into that. That is a great point, though. Let's let's jump into the actual miracle that then happens. Is Christ walks across the water to where they are, Um, and I mean, you could even add into this a, a point. They've been rowing for a while, and yeah, they're not moving a lot because of the of the wind. But they're probably. I'm, I'm sure they would have turned around by now if they weren't getting a little bit of progress. They're probably a couple miles out there, right? So, so Christ is, I mean, he has a, he has a long walk too, to get to them. So there, there are events here that are, that are planned, right? Um, and, and the timing is, is, is very, um, you know, while we don't know the timing of all things, like Christ does know the timing, um, and events are put into place in advance to necessitate, you know, when they need to, to happen. Uh, but the actual miracle I think is amazing because of the context. And I didn't realize this until I watched the episode of the chosen about it, which is these 12 apostles who are in the boat had just seen an amazing miracle. Like there was 5,000 people who were listening to a couple days preaching by the save, by the savior. They were hungry, they were tired. And all they had was five loaves and two fishes, which would feed m- maybe one family. And by some miracle, and and I mean we we don't even try to explain how it happened, um, but in in the episode they 
Christ gets has them gather baskets and then the baskets fill up with 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 fish and with with loaves of bread. But the, the amazing thing is is they just saw this fantastic miracle of of multiplying food where Christ just has pure power over the elements. Yet when he comes to them, they're nervous and they're scared and they they they're like, "Oh, it's a spirit." And 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 even when they find out it's him, I think it's really interesting that the only one of them that has the the faith and, and courage to to actually go and, and walk on the water and and go to Christ. And there, a lot of the symbolism I think of, of walking on the water isn't so much walking on the water; it's that Christ is on the water and and Christ is is amidst the the, the storm and and waves. Um, and the, while the boat is the thing that traditionally seems like shelter and like safety from that, he ventures out into the waves, into the storm because that's where Christ is and that's where he knows he'll be safe. But it's amazing that amidst all that, Peter's the only one who has the who has the faith to do it. And, and at least in the episode of The Chosen, which I keep referencing, all the other apostles are like, no, don't do it. Like, like and, and they're trying to talk him out of it. Um I I don't know where I'm going with this, Cassie, other than I just think I just think it's 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 an amazing um well it it shows two things. It's one that it's it's really hard and it's a process of developing faith. You know, you can see miracles, but it takes time to really understand the, 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 the overarching majesty and power and strength that comes from the savior to do all things. And the apostles didn't even realize that yet is that, that Christ had power over everything and has power over everything. Um, but a second point to that is if we exercise faith, if we yoke ourselves to the savior, uh, like he actually says in this, in this um, sermon, in this chapter, uh, we're pulling with his strength, not with our own. Yeah, I actually love that you brought up the faith of Peter because in the past, when I've always thought about this scripture, um, what has always stood out to me more than the fact that Peter walked on water is the fact that Jesus rebukes him by saying, oh, they have little faith when he starts to fall. But I think what's, I think that's a poor way to look at it because you have to think about like how much faith it took him to step out of that boat. And the other thing that I didn't really pick up on until recently is there's a storm going on when Peter steps out of the boat. It's not just like he's walking towards the Savior and suddenly the storm comes up and it distracts him. No, the storm was always going on. There was a storm when he stepped out of the boat. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think you just have to think about how much faith it took for Peter to step out. Um, and it's really an example that he had the faith to rely on the savior. Um, and, and the other thing that I think is really interesting here is it says in 30 Matthew, it's in, it's in Matthew 14, 30. It says, talking about Peter, it says beginning to sink. It didn't say he sunk, like he's beginning to sink. So I think that, I don't think he lost his faith, but he maybe had a little doubt or he was a little bit distracted. Um, and so in the past, I've always looked at this in extremes, but I really don't think it's that way. Um, and the other thing I think that's interesting about this is you were talking about, we don't know how far the savior has walked, um, mm-hmm. f- presumably quite a ways if he like is walking out towards them. But then it also makes you wonder like, how far did Peter walk? Um, because when he does start to fall, the savior reaches out and grabs him. And so he couldn't have been that far from the Savior for the Savior to be able to pull him up like that. So it's just something to 
interesting to think about. And obviously we don't have an answer to, but. Well, even if, even if he was far from the savior, I I think we can make the argument too, that, that your distance from Christ doesn't inhibit his ability to reach out and, and pull us up. So that's true. I I would say that the better point here is that distance doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you are very close to Christ and you still have some doubt, he can still pick you like pick you up. Or if you're very far from Christ, he can still um, lift you up. Yeah. And and, and the other obvious point that I I think we we glossed over a little bit, you, you touched on was that when Peter's eyes were on the savior, he was walking on water. And it's when he looked around and saw the, the waves and the tempest, and the winds, that's when he started to sink. Uh, and that's a, that's a great metaphor for us. That doesn't matter what our circumstances or, or what's going on around us. If we keep our eyes focused on the prize and focused on Christ, uh, you know, we're, yeah, we're going to be safe. I, I think there's just one more thing I wanted to touch on here, Will, is yeah, go for back it. in Mark 6. So Mark 6, um, verse 40, um, when the disciples see Christ, this is before Peter has walked, Um, he says to them, be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. And what I really like about this is that it is I. And I think what's really interesting about the scriptures and the gospels do it in different ways. In Mark, you see a lot of skepticism on the behalf of the disciples of like, who is Christ? But he continues to introduce himself. And it's almost like, at least in Mark, they continue to be surprised about like who he is. And he's never really quite what they expect. Um, and it made me think about like how many times in my life am I surprised by Christ or how many times in my life do things happen and I don't correctly attribute it to being a tender mercy or I don't correctly attribute it to being like the hand of God because it's not really what I'm expecting from him. And so I don't think of it that way. Um, and so that was just something. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if you think about you know, what these apostles are expecting and experiencing and what everyone is experiencing, everything Christ is saying is is really not expected by them. And Matthew tries to help us see some of the, the parallels between the Old Testament prophecies of the, of the Messiah and G, and Jesus's fulfillment of them. But in many ways, this is, this is not the, the, the teachings and mission of, of the Savior were not what the Jews were expecting. And I guess we could get into like, they were expecting a military leader to, to come and conquer Rome. Um, but even even breaking down like like his actual message that the gospel was, was extended to to all and all were welcome at the at the feast, right? That was not the, the prevailing sentiment amongst the the Jews, the chosen people of of the time. The sentiment was that they were God's people and that they were the sons of of Abraham and then they had had the rights of the, of the kingdom. Um, and Christ came and flipped that on its head and said, it doesn't matter you know, who you are, who your father is. You know, John the Baptist said this to the Pharisees as well, um, but bring forth fruits, meet for repentance and, and believe, believe in me, believe in the, believe in my ability to, to save you. And that would be a really hard thing to hear coming from a guy. I think just standing in front of you saying the way to salvation isn't what you've learned your entire life. It's not, it's not based on your lineage in the house of Israel. It's based on whether or not you believe in 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 me and in my ability. And obviously, I'm speaking from the Savior's point of view. Um, but it, it, it's it's really it makes you admire the faith of these people even more. 
Yeah, I think that's great. Um, well, wh- why don't we cut it there, Cassie? I, th- there's, I think we covered most of what goes on in these chapters. There's a little bit more to, to study about, about John the Baptist and uh, about Jesus' teachings on, teaching on, teachings on the Sabbath. Um, but I, I really appreciate your insight and perspective on, on Peter and Peter's faith and walking on water and, and, and um, you know, keeping our, keeping our gaze and our faith focused on, on the Savior, regardless of, of where things stand in the world. So we'll call it there then. Thanks for joining me, Cass. See you, Will.